but it's the simplicity and that there's the art of the simplicity. One of my favorite quotes as of recent is that the, the, best, uh, the best identification of mastery is that you can explain it as basic as possible, that you can explain what you understand, this deep theory, and explain it in a manner that a, uh, that a second grader can understand. Because when you can do that, you have developed mastery. And I think although it's exciting and it sounds cool to be really fancy, it's just overcomplicating uh, simplicity. No, I feel like if you start there, you could always add stuff in as you go. But I feel like that's a, a, a much better approach to take uh, as opposed to give way too much and then trying to subtract. Part two. Episode 23, we're coming back in from last week's series. We were talking so much we had to stop. We were on fire, but we didn't want to bore people, so we had to stop, and we're picking up. Yeah, break it down in two segments is a way to keep people engaged and uh, not bore them to death. So review us, because my memory is terrible about what we talked about last week and what we want to add on this week. Yeah, definitely. Uh, just in case you didn't tune in last week, which I don't know why you wouldn't, but uh, come on any now. anyways, we went uh, over to Golden Gate High School last Monday. Uh, we talked to their varsity football uh program bunch of cool kids uh i was surprised with the uh just the demeanor they had and the engagement they had with you uh listening to your speech so we just kind of wanted to continue on from uh from our last piece last week the last podcast um and we wanted to bring forth today on what we believe are some good components of a varsity sports strength and conditioning program. Yeah, when we talked about it, I think to help the listeners uh, visualize how we thought about this is that we believe there's a mental side to it and that there's a physical side to it. And we wanna explain the differences because we, we believe that each solid strength conditioning program in high school should be developing both simultaneously. Yeah, a, a big point you made, which I'll let you get into, was um, how when you think of toughness, you know, it's not just physical toughness, it's, you know, uh, mental toughness. And that kind of makes me, you know, go back to when I was in high school, uh, my football coach was big, big, big on, you know, uh, being mentally tough and the mental aspect of it. Um, you know, a good example was he was trying to develop us you know, not just as football players, but as men, you know, he wanted to take us from 17, 18 year old boys, you know, to eventually turn it into men um, through strength conditioning and through sport. Yeah, it's so ironic because, you know, in our sport of wrestling where I, I excelled really well, toughness is purely based on who overpowers who on the mat, purely based on who overpowers who on the mat and so we attached ourselves to who was the guy who was going to be aggressive in the third period who was going to push who out of bounds and so I started to attach myself a lot by that sheer toughness and it wasn't until years later that I realized that toughness was really just a byproduct of who I believed who I was and and that I was better right and so that was the mental part of it that transferred externally and when I talked to the boys you know, last Monday, it was basically trying to remind them that the the strength and conditioning facility that they have, which is really nice, was just an avenue to build mental toughness. And that if, if because of all that, and you train really hard, you got an eight pack and you got leaner and you got in the best shape of your life, that's awesome, but that is not the goal. Yeah, 
um, you know, the physical side, being in shape, uh, training hard, uh, talent can only get you kind of so far in the sport. But, you know, when that clock's ticking down three, two, one, uh, it takes, you know, an entirely different route um, on, you know, where you're at mentally and the, the confidence you bring towards that moment. Like, do you shade away from that moment or do you live for that moment, stay present and deliver? And, you know, that that's all mental. You know, your physical capabilities can only bring you so far in competition. Yeah, that's good. And that's what was the, our first point that we wanted to talk about from the mental side is the character and what toughness. Toughness is a character trait, but there are many character traits that as coaches, we should be thinking about trying to develop for our athletes. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so first off, you know, uh, good character you know they have to be coachable you know that's kind of the first thing that comes to mind is coachable if you're dealing with a, a varsity sports team that's not coachable no matter how good of a program you put together for them to follow um you know you won't get that results because they're not remaining coachable they're not adapting into the program and that just takes the awareness you know the um the mental aspect of it to kind of buy in on what these coaches are trying to deliver and to build out of you yeah the other one that comes to mind is the character trait of effort and what that looks like uh, for us right and in our facility we talk about effort being the indicator of interest right and that when people aren't putting an effort in a program that requires a lot of effort then we know something's going on there and that's where as really good coaches who can communicate well it's about finding ways to motivate them in the moment and then learning how to follow up and have those tough tough conversations right because those are missed opportunities that uh that we're not having if we don't follow up about let's all acknowledge that what you gave today was not 110 percent effort why is that can we work through this together yeah if you you know look on paper and you see the greatest you know shame and conditioning program weighted to program ever that is done half-assed or you look on paper that's you know a mediocre program that's given a hundred percent you know they're in uh the gym early doing their prep work and they kill that with a hundred percent effort what's going to deliver more results probably the mediocre effort on or um program on paper done with a hundred percent effort i agree a hundred percent i agree a hundred percent and that's why we pick uh, I, I would pick effort over talent any day because i can develop ta talent over long term of people who can provide consistent effort so I agree 100%. And each coach needs to define those. I mean, I think there's a, a base core belief on what character means like, what that should be for that sport, and then build on that. I think football does a really great job, right? When we went to Golden Gate High School, they already had the character traits lined up for the season. They know, the coaches know what they're looking to develop out of these kids, and they're trying to really instill that and get them to believe in it. And each sport should do that. They should... Uh, reassess every year what character traits they're trying to instill in their athletes and really follow through and believe that in their heart of hearts that this is what they believe will make your team successful and it starts with character yeah you're almost coming out with the expectations for the upcoming season hey this is what we're trying to drill this year and a lot of these programs they do a good job of putting it around the locker room you know you'll see some you know one word motivational slogans yep. or something like that around um, and you're just trying to beat it into the ground to, to hopefully get through to them um 
not yeah i think that's a great takeaway and and that brings us to our second point about the mental side of it is really getting the team to buy in because sometimes if you say something too much it becomes tunnel vision you desensitize the word or the theory or the character though we, we know what it means right and so getting athletes to buy into that character or to buy in what you're trying to do whether it's from a belief standpoint or what we're doing in the weight room from a strength conditioning perspective they have to buy into all this stuff or they're just going to go through the motion yeah no you got to just convince them that this works hey this is the reason why we're doing it this way this is we see the value in it you know it comes to the coach hey i spent plenty of time drawing this up because i believe this works okay um, and if you can, you know, also a good one is to lead by example, you know, us as coaches, you know, for another example that when we're programming uh, for our gym, you know, we're not programming stuff we don't do ourselves, you know. So if you can kind of convince uh, whoever you're coaching to that this stuff works, you believe in it, you follow it, it's worked for you then they'll back it up a little bit more. Yeah, that's powerful. And that what they're doing has an end goal, right? And we talked about that, that like, uh, we're, we're just not doing this training for to run circles, right? Uh, nothing has more purpose uh, in our training for you than you have a competition coming up. Sport, the end goal is quite easy to uh, identify. What is the culmination, the peak of elite success in your sport? That's what every individual should be reaching for. That's the whole point of sport. This idea that everyone's a winner, that's not true. And sport, that is not true. There's a clear winner and there's a clear loser. And so with the end game, we're trying to sell what what can we ultimately reach, right? Uh, when we talked to the coach, I said, what is the end goal of all this? Mm -hmm. and, and he moved it up in a progression on a timeline that we are going to have a winning season. We're making it through the second round of playoffs. We're going to create an upset win this year. We're going to make it further than we ever have. And so there's purpose in that than just training to train. And for, for what we do here, it's... Uh, the, the purpose is more internal. It's, uh, I had a doctor visit a year ago and he said that if I didn't do anything, then that, you know, I was, you know, gonna get diabetes or that I'm morbidly obese and that's putting a lot of stress on my heart. So there's a different purpose, but overall we all have purpose and should have purpose for why we train. Yeah, it's just making the why more powerful, right? It's making the why more powerful and then this you know, strength and conditioning program is a piece of the puzzle for your overall great importance why you're doing it. I love it. And then the last one, and again, this is simultaneously, we'll go into the physical aspect of what we think uh, great strength conditioning coaches should be instilling into their sport. but it's the simplicity and that there's the art of the simplicity. One of my favorite quotes as a recent is that the, the, best, uh, the best identification of mastery is that you can explain it as basic as possible, that you can explain what you understand, this deep theory, and explain it in a manner that a, uh, that a second grader can understand. Because when you can do that, you have developed mastery. And I think although it's exciting and it sounds cool to be really fancy, it's just overcomplicating, 
uh, simplicity. No, I feel like if you start there, you could always add stuff in as you go. But I feel like that's a, a, a much better approach to take uh, as opposed to give way too much and then trying to subtract. You know, start small, make sure the program is easy to follow, make sure you're talking the same language. You know, if you're spitting out, you know, a three position snatch or something like that, and the, the guy's like, what, what the heck is that? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, you know, it's kind of gonna, probably gonna lead to failure. I'd rather you start small, keep it simple, make it followable so they can execute that and then just add more parts in. If you see that they're being more mature, they're developing a little bit more, they're ready for that next step, then throw some stuff in. Yeah, like, so if we start identifying these principles from the physical side, this is an easy transfer. We believe there are certain compound and complex complex movements that all sports should be doing. No ifs, ands, buts about it. They move, they teach the body how to move really well. They build strength, power, and speed. Irregardless of the sport, each, uh, each sport should develop these five compound lifts. Now, we don't need to overcomplicate it with other fancy stuff, right? Where it looks cute, they throw it in, but really doesn't serve a purpose. They're just doing it because they saw somebody else do it, although they don't, uh, they've never tried it before. And I think that's where they begin to overcomplicate what works. And we see that in CrossFit all the time. People are jumping onto separate programs. They're following this program one week and jumping onto the next. And they, they don't, they do it because they become impatient. They said it doesn't work. Well, you can't truly say it didn't work because you didn't give it enough time to work. Give it 30, give it 60, give it 90 days. And coaches should think that way as well. Yeah, it's something we talk about all the time. It's people are trying to you know, drive towards stuff that looks sexy, right? The sexy stuff when uh you know when push comes to shove the the basic the functional stuff isn't it always as sexy as people would like it to be um so yeah compound complex movements that build strength uh you can't you know go wrong with trying to get stronger you know mm -hmm. if, if you're stronger it transfers very well no matter what your sport is uh no matter if you're a football player in a contact sport or you're a tennis player non-contact sport uh increase in strength um, from compound movements you can't beat. Yeah, you can't go wrong doing power lifts coupled with Olympic lifts. Now, the issue is not the movements, it's the lack of education. And one of the things that we said would be really powerful is that um, the problem with high school coaching that I've noticed being in it myself is that coaches are trying to become the jack of all trades. And as you know, the individual that becomes the, the, the jack of all trades compromises being uh, elite at anything. And so what happens is not only do are they in charge of leading the being the leader of the sport, they have to be the leader of the strength and conditioning program. And that is a really bad idea because you are telling kids to do certain movements that one, you don't do, and two, you have very little knowledge of how to complete it. And so we're seeing a huge standard deviation of quality movement because it goes back to our initial convo is that kids are just trying to go heavy and a lot of reps because they believe that's the purpose of toughness or training when it's not. And so when we went in there, like even if they hired us, right, or they hired a specialist, a strength conditioning specialist, with that, that's all they do. And they build a seminar for the coaches to learn, hey, listen, when you are implementing power cleans in the program, these are the things, this is how you should coach it. This is a basic, simple process uh, to teach your kids how to do this, or this is what you should look for when teaching the power clean. Uh, but nobody's doing that. There's not a program I know that is hiring out uh, 
strength conditioning coaches, to teach coaches, to teach their uh, athletes. It is not a coincidence why we're dealing with younger and younger kids getting more severe and severe injuries. Yeah, um, so you're saying let's basically uh, free up some coaches' time to focus more on what they're doing on the field, okay, and then bring us in and put on a clinic and a seminar of, you know, the three power lifts, the two Olympic lifts to the coaching. Hey, this is how you do it. And hey, this is the easiest, most simple way to make it relatable to your players. A hundred percent because, you know, or we can do the seminar for the kids. I don't think that has much buy-in because- Or both. Or, or both. both. Or both. Have them both there and do it, right? Because mm -hmm. ultimately it's the coaches that have the day-to-day -day contact. We see them once a year and we give everyone high fives and they love us, right? But it's, uh, it's so important to me that we really start taking the strength and conditioning side as important as we do the football side, right? I didn't know any plays when I coached football. I didn't know absolutely nothing about the sport. But as soon as we went into the weight room, I saw clear deviations of things that I wanted to see and didn't want to see that I felt would help. So I think people don't do it because they don't, they like for some sports, strength conditioning is just this kind of extra thing you do if you have time, right? Mm -hmm. The sport is elite, that's all you should be doing. Or people believe they don't have enough money, right? Whether they're not fundraising enough or they don't have a strong booster club to hire coaches like us out to do that. Whether you pay them a stipend or you pay them an upfront fee to uh, complete a, a seminar, you have to take that as a priority, number one, above all these things, if you want to see progress. Yeah, I mean, if you look at all the top programs, you know, around uh, their strength and conditioning programs are, are you know, next level you know if you, for example you look at naples high when i was in high school you know they were not only winning state championships on the football field but they were winning weightlifting competitions mm. outside of it that's powerful you know it, it goes hand in hand you know the the benefits are truly there you can kind of develop a good program uh you'll see the results on on the field as well 100 percent. one of the things that you talked about the, the the second topic we wanted to talk about on the physical side was training for function versus situation. Can you explain the difference? Uh, yeah, when I hear the term functional, you know, I think of improving your day-to-day -day life. You know, uh, if you're doing more pulling movements inside the gym, you're opening doors that say pull when you go to the supermarket. Or you're pressing overhead, you're helping your mom pick up something from the top shelf on the fridge. You know, you're kind of improving everyday life. You're, in, you're, you're squatting uh, some, you know, weight on the barbell inside the gym. You know, you're getting into the car a little bit better, you're, you know, squatting down the toilet a little bit better, whatever the case may be. Situational, you know, I would say it applies directly to your specific sport a little bit more. So, for example, uh, offensive lineman on the football field is, you know, blocking with people with his upper body, his chest, his arms. That would, uh, you know, you can kind of correlate that with a bench press inside the gym, right? You know, uh, that's probably why they use the 225 max reps in the that's NFL combine, yeah. you know, to see what kind of explosiveness you got on your pressing strength. Uh, another example would be, you know, a tennis player, you know, doing some rotational work, some band rotational work, you know, trying to mimic that, you know, backhand, whatever the case may be. I feel like you can kind of pick and choose some of these uh, movements to correlate with 
what you will be, you know, mimicking on the football field or the tennis court or whatever your sport may be. Yeah, I think that comes down to studying the sport and looking at maybe the three to five most dominant positions that athlete finds himself in and train through those positions. Because mm-hmm. uh, there's sport and then there's there's each uh, sport has different specialties. So the the focus of alignment is completely different than it is for the D back and the D back from uh, the, I don't know, defensive end. So there are different situations that they can study that they should uh, put a little bit more emphasis on. I agree 100%. And and so we start, you're saying start with a functional base, right, that we should all have? Definitely. And then look at the sport individual and their specialty and build their situational strength. Yeah, it's, it's just from our first point. It's starting simple, starting basic, add in the more complex stuff, the deeper you get into the program. That's really good. And the last one, the, the, the point for me that, you know, we joke about being adamant about is training for time domains, right? That in high school, we were taught that the best thing to do for your conditioning after practice was to go home and run three to five miles. Mm-hmm. Looking back, that was the worst idea ever. And any coach that is still uh, telling athletes to do that from a conditioning side in the sport of wrestling is uh, does not know what they're doing. Will running long distance help cut weight? Will it, uh, will it help you re- uh, create caloric deficit so you can eat more? Sure, but don't say that's helping you win championships uh, in your fourth match in the third period in overtime. It's not because the physiological demand is completely different. Mm-hmm. And what I think coaches should do is look at what demand does their sport require most. If I was a soccer player, running three to five miles a night would have been fantastic. But the sport of wrestling does not work through that metabolic pathway. And we did myself a disservice because what happened is that I would always, every single season, burn out. I was a tough guy, but I could only handle doing that for so long without seeing positive benefits. And I just taxed the system so hard, I had nothing mentally or physically to give, and I had to really dig deep to survive every single season. And I think if we can just study those domains a little bit and work through that most often, then uh, you'll see a more consistency at the end, at the end of a season for all sport. Yeah, that can also go back to our last point on situational. You know, I was talking about movement selection as being situational your point is you know the time domain correlating with your specific sport that could be just on the same base as situational right uh you know football plays are between four and six seconds you know then you're resting for 45 that's you know a type of interval you could try to interpret in training that transfers right into the field um now yeah time domains is probably overlooked by all programs you know i think that's us being one step ahead of the game on you know um adding in these time domains to pertain to what your sport is actually all about i agree and you know if someone said that you can do less you can do less work and get better results wouldn't you do it i mean that's what no, we're doing no brainer you that, want to, it's all about working smarter not harder right? exactly and that's what training for time domains on average does so and i like that putting that under situational because situational is just not movement specific it's physiological specific metabolic pathway specific so 
I really like that. Is there anything else you want to add, bro? Uh, no, I think we, we hit it right on the head, man. We uh, cleared some good points and uh, some great takeaways. Listen, if you are a strength conditioning coach and you need an expert like Brett and I to come teach your boys or girls how to move properly, hire us today. I'm not kidding. This is so important. Hey, listen, I'm biased. I'm the salesman, right? I want you to hire me, but not because of the money, but because of the purpose and the transfer that this will have long-term if you instill a culture of quality movement. And you can instill that if you don't know what you're talking about. That's what you need us for. Yeah, I mean, we, and we'd love to do it, you know. Uh, we, we just haven't been in the fitness game for all these years, but we've been that varsity sports athlete. You know, Mario and I talk about it all the time, how we could go back, you know, our senior year of high school playing that varsity sport, and, we, you know, we just talk about memories all the time. So it'd be relatable. We know how to get through to the players because we've been there. We've done that. Uh, you know, I think it's a win-win. Listen, thanks for listening, guys. Keep supporting us. Keep following. Uh Appreciate you. Talk to you next week. Peace.